listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 549. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our exploration of the Netflix speculative series, Black Mirror. And as we say each week, we typically record on Mondays. Feedback's got to be in Sunday, 6 p.m. Audio feedback, strict six-minute time limit. This week, however, we're recording Monday morning because you're off for President's Day. Yep. Uh, you know, usually off is a, uh, you put it in air quotes there because uh, my daughter, as I told you before we start recording, has uh, decided she wants to take over her brother's room since now he's in the apartment down in College Park all year that we paid for 12 months. So she's taking over his room because it's a little bigger. But of course, then that means she wants to paint it, which means that I'm painting it, basically. Um, so that's our weekend project. So it hasn't been exactly restful. But it's been fun bonding time doing it. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you remember, as we've said many times, if you've been following the podcast, I'm a bit older than Wayne. When I was growing up, we actually got two days. There was Lincoln's birthday and Washington's birthday, both in February. I feel like it was the 22nd for Washington and... I don't know, 12th for Lincoln, maybe? Second yeah, Lincoln. well, Lincoln is the 12th. No. That's his birthday. I know this is my mom's birthday. Oh, okay. So I, I don't know if you remember that or if they'd already switched it over when you were a kid. I, well, I feel like this is the first year that I really thought that, that at least – because I remember when I, when I started Howard County teaching, we used to have another round of parent conferences this time of year, right? Oh, yeah. So, so you could you know, you know could do like you know a day at – you could stay all day at school one day, and then you get Friday off completely. You wouldn't have to come in, so you'd get like a four day weekend. Then I still feel like I don't know, like yeah, that we used to. But I do remember, yeah, as a kid, that we would get both days off for sure. Yeah. So uh, anyway, all right. Before we get started, want to thank all our patrons who support the podcast through Patreon. And if you're interested in doing that, there's a link on the website, sci fi tv rewatch dot podbean.com all right so uh what i am watching this week well i I would say what i'm not watching but and i'll get to that in a second but we just finished a series rebecca martinson which is surprise surprise a swedish crime drama Mm -hmm. set in the arctic circle region and that's one of the coolest things and i think i've mentioned this before about these international shows so many of them take place in locales that american television doesn't even remotely explore and okay you could argue well yeah because that's the geography of the u.s and fair point so uh, it's just fascinating to watch this stuff because it's just so different than anything we see on american tv but anyway high-powered lawyer leaves her practice in stockholm to go back to her childhood hometown for a funeral, ends up staying, joining the local law enforcement team as a prosecutor. So, you know, really good show. But what we ended up having to do to see the second season, and it was one of these deals where I guess COVID got in the way, but they had to replace the main character, Rebecca Martinson, because the first yeah. actress was unavailable so right and, and this happens from time to time that's happening with the witcher right now yeah and you know it's funny because we, we've been down this road a number of times 
And I said to my wife, I guess halfway through the new season, so what do you think of the new girl? I like her. <laughs> and it's funny, they, they just pick somebody great and, you know, we move on and you, you almost forget right. the, the original one. But we ended up adding Acorn TV, which is a UK streaming service. And given that we've pretty much exhausted the content on Viaplay, which is that Scandinavian service I've mentioned, um, you know, it's kind of a wash. I think it's like seven ninety nine a month. So, uh, you know, we'll be looking at more UK stuff that we haven't seen. But, dude, the other thing I've come to the conclusion, and I'm a bit reticent to say this, out loud but i'm not sure i care about doctor who anymore whoa i i i really have not had a desire to find a way to see you know the rest of the episodes what was there a christmas episode and a new year's day i don't even know but yeah no not a new year's day they had like what three specials and then leading up to the christmas episode dude i am I am completely shocked right now by your statements, Dave. I saw the first two. I find two. this behavior appalling. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I check in on Den of Geeks website now and then, uh, and uh, there, there were, you, I think there was a story about the companions, and I, I don't know if this is true or if it's not happened yet, that they're going back and they're bringing back all of these older companions who you know were with the original series and and of course the actors and our actresses are much older now i mean it's gosh 30 40 years later um nothing against having older actresses i mean and it's not really retconning from what i've read and and again i don't want to read too much because you know i say this right now i'm not that interested in doctor who but you know, if I do get back to it, I'd like to at least not having have been spoiled. So anyway, that's that's uh, my admission, or confession, whatever. Wow, I know. So uh, that's shocking. That's shocking, Dave. I have to admit. Um, but, um and, and, and you know, all I can say is that they were the specials were really, really good. Okay. Well, you, you know, know what, I think you'd like. Them. And what got me to thinking about it? Uh, you're watching Masters of the Air, and yeah. uh, I have screeners. So it's funny. That's one of the last things I still have access to from my time at Den of Geek. Uh, Hopefully Apple's not listening. Um, So they dropped the whole season. (laughs) Sincerely doubt they are. (laughs) So they dropped the whole season. So I've been able to to watch episodes that haven't aired yet. Um, Yeah. Um, So I'm not going to say anything other than Shudigatwa is in one of the later episodes. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know that because he's, he's actually in the uh, the title sequence. Oh, okay. And, and so see that's there, like so. the second to last episode. He's hardly in it at all, but still, that's what got me to thinking. Anyway, all right, what do you got? Right. Well, since you brought up Masters of Air, I'll uh, talk about that first. Uh, I think, what did they just have? Episode five, I think, I just watched. But, uh, you know... Um, the the team that that did Band of Brothers in the Pacific is uh, is back covering a different aspect of World War II. You know, I I, I do like it a lot. It's obviously a very good show. Uh, the cast is excellent. They're top notch. Bunch of really great young actors. Um, you know, 
I, it's it's just like and again I don't I, you know when I watch Band of Brothers now for example like I completely I'm totally into it. I love all the characters but I, I, it's hard for me to remember when I first watched it you know did I really know who all these guys were the first time because when you have that much of an ensemble cast with that many characters you know sometimes and they're all like it's not like they're dressed differently or anything that that really distinguishes or maybe this guy's got a mustache and this hair guy's hair is a little bit curly or that guy's blonde rather than dark hair or something you know but the, you know, for the most part it's like ah, these guys kind of all seem like the same to me and everything and uh so it's in that case you know there, there are a couple characters you're invested in um but uh you know it's probably something that will probably i'll appreciate more upon further watches but it's still really good and i do like the the week-to-week kind of nature i i think even well i know i say even if i had all 10 episodes or nine it's nine right uh, yeah if i, I had all so. nine episodes available would i watch them all of course i know that i would but i would feel bad about it you know i, I kind of like watching it from week to week and everything so but uh, good stuff. But I, I would say not quite as good as Band of Brothers at this point. But there's still uh, time left to tell. So um, the other show that I watched actually last week uh, was the Netflix show Obliterated. Um, so this is one of the shows that Netflix keeps like pushing on me. You know, like Netflix is totally like your your buddy is just like, dude, you got to watch this. Dude, you got to watch this. Dude, you got to watch this. You know. Um, and so I'm like, all right, let's let's. It looks kind of funny, you know. Like, you know, I would watch the like the trailer and everything. Like, okay, let's. You know, or that little bit when you, you you like, you know, click on the box for the thing and it starts showing you the trailer and everything. So, the the basically the premise is this: it's this group of uh, American, like I guess they're supposed to be. A, I don't know what they're <laughs> some kind of secret anti-terrorism spy it's not really very clear i don't think maybe it was i don't know but um so they have a they they basically save the world in like the first 15 minutes and they're all like hey let's go have a big raging party right so they have a huge party tons of booze drugs everything uh all the members of the team get completely wasted and of course then uh you know their their boss calls says hey oh you know, just kidding. The guy you got was not the right guy, and uh, so you have there, there's a the threat is still out there. Go get him. You know, so the basic premise is at least the early episodes is that you know they have to try and navigate their jobs when they're completely wasted and everything. And there's some funny parts to it. Overall, what would I would say about Obliterate? I think it, it falls like both. There's another show I'm going to talk about. They, that seemed like very 24-ish, right? Like, I, I actually thought about episode five that that's, they were going to, like, oh, man, it seems like the it's coming to a conclusion here. But no, some new threat pops up and everything, and, and so it just keeps going, and there's heel turns and all this kind of stuff. The I, One thing I will say for Obliterate is it covers everything. If you like violence, it's there. If you like people drinking and using drugs, that's there. You like female nudity? Check. You like male nudity? Check. You like male nudity with uh, unbelievably large phalluses? Double check. So it's, I think, a play raid pretty much has a little bit of everything for everyone, I guess. But overall, it wasn't like the greatest story. 
Um, Does that really matter? I mean, now that... Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I think probably there's all kinds of other stuff to keep you entertained that, uh, that, that the, the, the plot itself is, um, could be kind of immaterial. But. And uh, similarly, but not similarly, but the last show I talked about, I'm sorry, I'm going a little long. I just want to get this one out. I just finished The Night Agent. Oh, uh, yeah. Again. Yeah. I haven't Did seen you know it yet, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so it's another show that Netflix is just completely pushing on. Like, I could not turn on Netflix without the first thing popping up is the night agent. So I'm like, I think Netflix is trying to tell me something, right? They really think I'm going to like this. So I watched it, um, you know, like Obliterated. This is the only way that they're similar. It's a very 24-ish type of setup where it's two people running from one crisis to another right and everything it's basically this guy is the night agent at the i don't know if this is an actual thing or not he's a guy he works at the white house he's in the fbi and when uh he has to just man this phone from like like nine o'clock at night to four in the morning or something like that and um so he's there by himself and uh it's i guess it's for like spies who are or eight, this night agents are are actual agents out there and he's like there as an emergency kind of helpline or whatever and uh he never gets a call he just sits there he does other work while he's in there but one day uh this girl uh lady whose uh aunt and uncle were you know i guess gave her this number to call they they're attacked and so she calls um, the night agent, and then you know, then he now is drawn into this. He goes, uh, helps, you know, picks the girl up, uh, and then it becomes like there's someone, you know, there's a baddie inside the White House. We don't know who it is, and so they're trying to you know figure out what's going on, and you know, and everything like that. So, um, you know, the, it, it's it's based on a book, so, um, so the plot is pretty pretty tight and everything. Uh, but the, the, there, there were just times when the writing, I was just like, oh God, he did not just say that, you know, like it was just, uh, just seeming like very unrealistic type of writing. The dialogue was, was, uh, very wooden at times. I thought, um, I did like the two main characters, probably the best part of it was the two main characters where they seemed very authentic. I don't know if the guy was like the best actor ever um you know but he's the good action and that's the thing the action in it was outstanding it was great the action was fabulous um it was really really well done but it's just like the things that happening in between the action which was not the, the greatest and everything so um you know will i watch season two yeah i'll probably watch season two i, I liked it enough um i didn't love it but you know it was decent so Hmm, interesting and that's all that's all i got this week all right um sounds good it's funny my wife and i we rarely quit shows um but we quit one recently that we just kept looking at each other it's like really everything she knows and that's what she's gonna do and and finally (laughs) we just like nah i mean even though we only had like maybe three episodes to go it was like Nah, that, that's we're done. So uh, anyway, all right. Well, let's get to Black Mirror. 
season four, episode four, titled Hang the DJ. And, and this is an episode hang that- Hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Hang the DJ. Oh. Yeah. One of my, I love the Smiths. I was just like, when I saw the, you know, the first time I watched this, when I saw the the title, I was like, oh my God, that's, what a great title. You know, so- really like this episode well uh, before i get to the title this is the first time i'd seen this episode unlike the the first two that we covered written by charlie brooker directed by tim van patten series was released december 29th done actually banded brothers and game of thrones oh okay um december 29th 2017 now fred brings up the title in his feedback uh, you know, I don't want to get hung up on titles and things like that, but I'm with Fred. It's like, you know, the title auto at least tangentially apply to the episode that, that we just watched. And outside of the, the lyric from the song that they play at the very end, and I, I don't know. Well, I, I think I, I actually worked out like why they chose this besides immediately drawing in all the Smiths fans out there. Um, I think when you say like hang the DJ, right, it's like a rejection of the thing that is like operating or controlling, not necessarily controlling you per se, but the DJ at a club is like, he's the guy in control. He's the guy who's spinning the tune. Excellent you don't point. have agency there, right? And it's only when um, Frank and Amy reject the coach, right, when they say, hang it, forget it, they actually use the F word, uh, that that's when, you know, they, whatever, succeed, move on, whatever. I know um, Alan from Minnesota, I, I will, I'm going to reserve all the, um, the, the talk about the, the implications of the, the AI in this case to, to the end, but um, whatever happens at the end there, you know, whether you say that's a good thing or a bad thing or whatever, um, is a thing, but it, and it comes up as a consequence of they're rejecting the 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 control that, over their lives. Okay, uh, I mean that's a great point that that I didn't really consider. So uh, uh, you know. it's a bit of a reach, I well, think. Maybe, maybe but, not. I, I was just trying to think, like, why did they choose this title? Because you're right, does it? Yeah, yeah it but maybe it. not. I, you know, now that you explain it that way, but but. At the end of it all, I, I, I'm not really sure how I feel about this episode. I mean, I liked it. I liked it a lot. But in terms of analysis, yeah, there's certainly a lot here. There's no question. I mean, one of the things I like is that we've essentially got a sci-fi speculative fiction rom-com, which we, right. we certainly don't get very many of those. In fact, I'd be hard-pressed to, to remember one outside of this. So, True. So I certainly like that aspect. Uh, you know, of course, the twist ending. Um, so, you know, so we're basically watching a dating simulation scenario of Amy and Frank. And one of the things that I started thinking about after the second viewing we learn that there have been a thousand simulations run of these two. And I guess what I'm still trying to get a handle on are Frank and Amy real? I mean, is this the real world when we see them in the club at the end? Yeah, it's certainly, I think it's, it's certainly we're meant to think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right. So that the simulations, the, 
elapsed time is not real time. I guess. Right. Oh. No, not at all. Oh. No, it's it's instantaneous. Right. Because otherwise it couldn't be because Amy and Frank would have to age much more significantly than they do. My other question, and it's less important, I guess, are there other couples in the real world like Amy and Frank that are going through these simulations? I would have to think yeah unless they're yeah absolutely unless they're like alpha testers or something like that for some right right i just don't think like when we see the other people in it like at first even the second time i think oh i wonder if those are the other couples but they're not right that everyone else is just background noise you can see when we see the other couples like they're expressions are blank you know they're just like in a, a program if the programmer you know said well we need other people to populate this world but, um, you know, we, we don't really need them. Like, they're kind of like, you know, um, uh, what do they call them? I don't know. Now I'm playing something. And the kids say it all the time. I don't know what it means. But anyway, you know, they're just background noise, basically. Except for, of course, the other people that they, they date, right? But So those are like fleshed out actual, you know, consciousness. Um, but then a lot, it seems like, of the other characters are not – I don't think they're actually other – couples getting run through the simulation. Well, I guess, of course, they probably could be. Right. And, and that so. Frank and Amy appear in other couples' simulation as background noise or, or, right, or, right. or whatever. But And again, we've, we've talked about Black Mirror in, in terms of when it takes place. And, and I think for the most part, it's the near future. It's not real far into the future. But in this case, and again, we don't really have anything to, you know, like when we see vehicles or structures, it gives us a, a, a chance to like, oh, okay, so this is maybe how far into the future we are. We don't get any of that here. I guess the one thing I was right. – Well, of course, the, in the simulation, we have no clue because it could be, you know, because it's all simulated. Exactly. So like they have – driverless cars but do they actually have those in the real world? well i guess they would have to well no, no because it's just a simulation right? right um so so yeah so any of that stuff could just be made up for the simulation but we we do get a, a vibe of i mean they're still playing the smiths in the club so it's not that far in the future i don't think but uh on the and the, their clothes at the end there look very like we recognize the clothes they're not wearing crazy space clothes or anything like that. So. Right. I mean, you know, if you really wanted to go down the rabbit hole in real life, would they be wearing VR goggles or is there something much more advanced that, that we don't necessarily even see, you know, like some kind of lenses that, that they have over their eyes, but I don't want to go down that rabbit well, I, hole. I don't think the, the, the IRL people have no idea of what's going on in, in the sim. Okay, and, and somebody points that out in in the feedback un, unlike uh, you know previous episodes that we've seen where the people do know they're in a loop and anyway, but yeah. as it turns out Frank was right when he mentions I don't know midway through the episode, oh, maybe we're in a simulation. And, and we do get that clue about the rock skipping. Yeah. Yeah. That every time it skips four times and, and that's right. even, you know, mentioned later. So 
that yeah when she when she throws the coach into the the pool she's like count the four exactly <laughs> actually count the four that she that it skips four times before it sinks so. right and, and at that point we don't necessarily think simulation necessarily but we think something's odd here that that yeah, yeah that there's something sure. going on and and of course well just it being a black mirror episode obviously something odd is gonna is going on you know? right and as coach says on a few occasions everything happens for a reason yeah the rock skips four times because we're in a simulation yeah. but uh right right uh, but you know once you've seen it is the twist at the end really that unexpected the way it seems on the first viewing? Um, de- definitely not. But I remember the first time I watched it, I was just like, what? You know, like completely like not was not expecting that uh, that twist at the end. But you're right. Once you've seen it one time, then it's you, you, you know, you kind of. It, it's it's not that big of a jump once you know what's going to happen. Have, have you seen Silo on Apple? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, so it's almost like we're watching them scale the wall, and and I think we all have some sort of construct that we've imagined for what's on the other side of the wall once they get over, and and obviously mm-hmm. it's a very t- tall wall, so we're not sure how long it's going to take them or what's on the other side, but but we've seen this scenario before, and I bring up the silo for obvious reasons, that that ending. Yeah, don't go too far. No, 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 no I'm not, but, but you know, <laughs> what's on the other side, and, and of course we never find out because there isn't anything on the other side. The, the, the right. digital simulation breaks down at this point. But at the end of the day, you know, what's the point of this episode? I mean, certainly there's more than one. Are we really ready to give up this much control to find a soulmate? Because that's kind of what it's asking here. And, you know, you you came up with a good explanation for the title. Do we really want to put it in the hands of, and I'm making air quotes, a DJ Uh to find, you know, a life partner. Well, you know, again, like a DJ, right? They they play the music and everything, but ultimately you have like like even though like uh, I think Alan from Minnesota points out that you know like the the real life Frank and Amy are just doing what the app tells them to do, right? It's the actual simulate Frank and Amy they're actually making the choices, right? So that's that's a good point, but I think the in real life uh, Frank and Amy still have. Like it's not like they're going to get married tomorrow, right? Like it's still they're going to go through a relationship, and they'll discover they like each other or not in in the real world. Yeah, so they don't have to stick together forever just because the app tells them to. But you know, again, if the it's just the app figures out who are the most compatible people, who are the people that should, who would you know would likely stay together and everything so yeah and it's weird but yet they still have a choice of not like you know if they don't like each other if he says ah after he takes a sip of a beer or something you know they both have the agency to walk away from this yeah and and we as a podcast have some insight into our listeners geographically but we don't have any insight into age demographics Obviously, the two of us did not grow up in the dating app 
you know, no. lifestyle. You know, we had to do it the old fashioned way and, and, yeah. and that, and that's fine. And, you know, I, I'll hear people criticize, um, dating apps and things like that. And I mean, that's not really what's going on here because all a dating app is, you know, maybe kind of cuts through a lot of the noise literally and figuratively that, that you might have to go through if you're going to go to a bar to hopefully meet somebody or go to a dance or go to, you know, whatever kind of function where there are single people around, you know, the dating apps, at least as I understand them, not that I've ever used one, <laughs> I guess kind of help people cut through the noise and, and, you know, the whole idea, well, you know, um, he or she's a high powered lawyer. They don't have time to do this. It just, okay, whatever. Have you ever, how could you not? You lived in, in Maryland, a company called it's just lunch. I don't know if you've ever seen the ads. I mean, oh. 20, 25 years ago, you know, it was, it was all the time on WBAL radio and it, uh-huh. it was started by these two women at, you know, as, you know, means for professionals to meet people. Uh, and, and I love the title. It's just lunch. It's no big deal. You know, it's daylight uh-huh. out. If you don't like each other, you go. So again, I don't want to go down another <laughs> rabbit hole, but, uh, that's certainly one of the things that, that we're asked to consider, you know, are we really willing to go down this road? And, and, and as you point out, coach maybe doesn't have as much control as it seems on a first viewing you know at the end of the day amy and frank are going to like each other or they're not and the simulation tells us that well they at least bonded 99.8 percent of the time to rebel against what the system expected of them so there is that Okay. Yeah. I'm right. Not a small thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and it shows that it, at least their simulated selves were, you know, meant enough to each other that they were willing to risk whatever. They don't even know what's on the other side of that wall, but they're willing to risk it in order to be together. So that's that's a strong emotional commitment right there that they've made. The, you know, the only thing is, I I wonder is how much do their simulated selves represent their their actual the the irl selves right because again um we don't see like how this you know the the consciousness that's in the the simulation you know how did that get you know did they put like one of those little things like they had in uss callister on the side of their head and or did they you know, get a copy of their DNA, apparently, which is a thing, you know, like in in the Black Mirror world. So we don't really know, like how you know, did did they fill out a survey and that they, they you know created these simulated profiles based on. So we don't really know that, you know. But but yet the 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 app is supposed to be, you know, like ninety nine percent accurate. So. Yeah. Right now, Amy played by Georgina Campbell, who I remember from Broadchurch and. Uh, Frank, played by Joe Cole. I've never seen Peaky Blinders. I gave it a shot once, and I'm not opposed to violence. That you know, but wow. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's quite a bit. Peaky I've Blinders, had so yeah. many people tell me you got to watch it, and and I, I'm sure at some point I'll I'll get back to it. But 
but a lot of great. It's uh, Peaky Blinders is awesome, and Joe Cole is John. He's great, and he's a really, really good actor, as we see here. Yeah. Um, as you, as you notice, I, I haven't really pushed Peaky Blinders on you, despite it's like one of my favorite shows. But I, I, you know, I was thinking, I don't know if it's a, it's a Dave type show. Though. Yeah, one of Mary's, but it's awesome. Yeah, one of Mary's brothers been pushing that for years with me. But a lot of great lines that tie into you know the themes of the episode. It must have been mental before the system. Amy tells Frank at one point. People had to do the whole relationship thing themselves. And, and, and again, we kind of see Coach telling them what to do, maybe what they should do. But, um, you know, that, that – well, that, that, Go ahead. The, the funny part is them trying to figure out, like, what should we do? And they ask Coach, he goes, like, do whatever you want. And they're like, you know, because, like, they get back that first night. Uh, Frank and Amy go back to the, the, the house, the apartment, whatever. And they're trying to figure out, are we supposed to have sex? You know, and coach just like, you do what you want. And they're like, you know, like it's that, I, I guess it's it's not that different from, again, when I say dating now, uh, I am far removed from the dating game and everything. But still, like, you know, when you had, that was part of it. Like, what, what, what do we do? Do we, you know, like we've, we've kissed and now do we kiss? Do we, you know, what do we do next? Do I ask her out again? Do I get her number? You know, like all that uncertainty of, of relationships it seems like it's still there even in the set yeah, dude that could even be a, a tangential podcast for us where we you know go back and no we better not um <laughs> this whole search for the ultimate compatible other and and as you say it, it's a series of trials data accumulation that that leads up to the final choice but you know you mentioned that that first meeting well do we do we or do we not and and Amy seems to like go, I'm not making that same mistake again about not having sex because Amy and Frank seem to regret not doing it. Um, and as we see later, she's not going to make that mistake again, even though she ends up with a, a lot of meaningless, maybe sexually fulfilling encounters, but certainly not anything on an emotional front but that that one uh part with frank and gosh i forget her name uh nicola nicola oh my god yeah. <laughs> <Is> he, <laughs> what does he say to the coach i've learned how to uh how to live so, with someone with someone you, that you despise. yeah so again uh, yeah that was i mean like he like the, you know obviously it's off to a really that start right from the jump when he's late and she's like, you're late. And she starts to start eating. And then he's like, I had to go change. And she's like, really? <laughs> That's like, Oh man, she is. I think uh, Fred says uh, Fred from the Netherlands, I believe her, but you know, like how her wither, I believe it's Alan actually from uh, the UK who said, you know, like her withering kind of put downs and everything like, yeah, she's, she's, she's tough. right. But it gets us to thinking well, how great is this system if you matched Nicola with Frank? And, of course, we get to the end and, and we learn, all right, that's part of the plan, I guess. But but certainly we're questioning, you know, how great this system actually is, even though they, as has been mentioned, 99.8% success rate. Yeah, really? Yeah, it, it is – yeah, when you think about like what 
they go through because really we only see Frank with like Nicola and then the one other girl, right? Uh, the, the girl who he's talking about Amy the whole time, even as she's going down right. on him. You know, whereas Amy, right, we see her with lots of other people, and even a woman one time. Um, so what is, you know, because, again, it's not like their experiences, their 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 real life consciousness are, are experiencing this, right? This is all, you know, just, I shouldn't keep saying just, this is a simulation that is being run to, to you know, discover compatibility. So... Yeah, what does that what does that mean that that she goes through tons and tons of relationships and he really seems like doesn't? All right, and, and we get the the time frames. The the one I think the first time it's like he's a year and she's nine months or something like that. I, I yeah. forget. And of course, we're thinking like, oh, oh that was right. Oh, nine months. Is she going to get pregnant? And, and we're going to see her. Of, of course, that's not what happens. But then, you know, the 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 time frames all change 12 hours you know what what whatever 36 hours but but that whole idea of the expiration date and and how long are we going to have and they agree when frank and amy get back together for a second time to not look right and it, it then conjures up that that age-old question if you knew exactly when you were going to die would you want to know and i right. think a lot of people would immediately say oh yeah i'd want to know because i'd kind of want to plan for it and and we're watching a show now on fx uh, about truman capote and this Oh, are you watching that? How is that? Well, it's okay. I mean, it, it's it's okay. it's entertaining. It's not great, but but I mean, you talk about who's who's in it, who's not in it. Um, Diane, it's an attractive Diane cast. Lane, um, yeah. uh, Chloe Sevigny, uh, Naomi Watts, uh, Treat Williams is one of the main characters. There's a lot of people in it, but one of the characters has terminal cancer. And, you know, her approach is, I'm going to live. I, I, you know, I know I've only got months, but, you know, I'm going to live. Well, okay, maybe you say, well, that's different than learning, you know, when you're 25 that you're going to die at 50 or 50. Or, you, you know what I'm getting at. So right, uh, we yeah. kind of know one of them's going to look. I don't know that I yeah. knew it was Frank, but then again, I don't know that I, I just knew one of them would. Well, yeah, it's not too long into it that he's actually kind of eyeing the the little device and everything. So you know it's Frank who's going to break. Yeah. Um, but that raises a good point because, like, well, so five minutes, five years, what's the difference, right? Like, I mean, I guess for them, right, five years is obviously a long time for them in the sim, even though we, we know all of this is happening instantaneously, but – but still, like, if you look and it says five years, well, it still ends, right? Yeah. Like, if you're looking for a permanent relationship, then, you know, like, the thing is going to tell you. When, and so why look? You know, like, Amy's solution is actually, I mean, as far as, like, in the simulation, like, the, the correct one. Like, if you want to stay together, just never look to see when it ends. Right. And, and, and I think yeah. one of the fascinating aspects of, of this 
part of the episode, uh, you know, w- w- he looks and then we see it continually recalibrates and goes from five years down to 20 hours. And, and, and he, he, along with us, realized, dude, you ruined your relationship. And she's understandably, I mean, angry, yes, but I think hurt more than anything because, you know, there's a certainly a, a heavy level of betrayal that's taken place here. And she's able to forgive. And, and again, to go back to the Truman Capote show, forgive, forgiving a major betrayal is a big part of the series. And we're wondering, it's like, well, you know, is this it? Is this the end for Frank and Amy? Because he looked. And of course, it's yeah. not. It certainly doesn't seem. I mean, you know. It, it, but still, that's, that's a heartbreaking scene, especially the first time through when you don't know yeah. what's going on. And you see that it just because we see five years like, oh, that's nice, actually. Don't really think about the implications of that the first time, and then it starts counting down. You're just like, oh no, oh dear, you know, like, and you just feel so bad for both of them at the end of it. You, you know, um, yeah. Well, right, and like we talked about, you know, whether Lacey, you know, from uh, gosh, I can't think of the the title of the episode. Um, oh, nose nose dive, and we talked about what. Does everybody participate in this? And and the answer is, of course, no. Because, uh, well, well, of course we don't know that because the the trucker that gives her a ride registers as a one point two or whatever. So uh, anyway, he, 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 they talk about going over the wall here, and she says, "Well, there's nothing out there," which of course is true, and you know it, it harkens back to. Frank, maybe we're in a simulation, the whole four, you know, rock skip thing. Well, she's right. There is nothing out there, but still it helps that forgiveness angle that's going to have to happen. And, and of course, Frank's now alone. Everything happens for a reason. He's told the system will be assessing your reaction to the painful, premature termination of a treasured relationship. Like, yeah okay uh, certainly <laughs> very machine like very cold uh, reaction to as you said this this heartbreaking seeming conclusion to their relationship and, and as you said she cycles through a lot of partners after that and and none of them very fulfilling like she has a lot of sex but well you, you see the the last guy that they show in that little montage yeah. where she, you know, she talks earlier about dissociating herself and how she's just kind of like out, has like an out of body experience when she is like watching herself have sex, which I don't know if I'd ever want that to happen. But anyway, like uh, the last guy you see is like has his head in his hands, right? He looks like he's been crying or right. something. So, but but yeah, like I just said, she is. At least with the simulation is is understanding is that the the transient nature of all these relationships are 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 nothing. All the, you know, the sex is empty. There's no emotional commitment. There. Yeah, and and we get towards the end of the episode, and we learn that Amy's ultimate match has been identified. She's got a pairing day the next day. Together, you'll leave this place forever. Coach tells her. But before that, you get to have a short meeting with the person of your choice. 
And of course, we know she's going to choose Frank, which, which she does. She skips the disc into the pool, skips four times and sinks, as you you know, mentioned at the beginning of the discussion. So we're thinking like, well, is she planning to run away from this? Does she not believe in the system? Does she not believe that, you know, the person that's been you know selected for her is not really the person? Well, I think she has worked out what, what it is. Like she tells it, this is a test. And I think to, to pass the test, we have to rebel, right? We have to go against, we have to reject the, the world as, as we see it around us and, you know, go over the wall. Like he was already there. Like he, he wasn't able to, to articulate it like that. Like for him before, when he said, let's just go over the wall, it's because he can only, he, he's just in such desperation because of he sees that he ruined everything because he looked right so he's just desperate to to stay with her and that's the only thing he can think of but amy actually works it out right that we're supposed to like run we're supposed to go over the wall that that's that's the task right but i guess we get to you know almost i guess it's the second to last scene and neither can remember where they were before coming to this place. Right. And we're still not really wrapping our head around the simulation idea. We're thinking, right, did they have their memories wiped? Is this some... Yeah, exactly. That's the first time I, I saw some. I'm positive that's what I was thinking. And, and yeah. of course, we've seen that before in, in sci-fi, so it's not like you know, out of the realm of possibility. Sure. But... As you said, we get, you know, when we go back and watch it a second time, we see all of these clues that are, are really meaningful to unraveling what's actually going on here. And both of them at various points kind of question and kind of, well, not kind of, you know, he's right. It is a simulation. It It is a test. And, and you know, we go there and then we, you know, we find, I, I guess the first clue is when she touches the guy with the taser and then suddenly everybody freezes and we're thinking like, ah, right. Like, kind of like Westworld. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now we're still grappling. All right. Well, is that what's going on here? Are, you know, are they robots? Right. Right. And then, you know, we learn about the digital simulation. And as you point out, the, they rebelled 998 times out of a thousand, um, and then we cut to that final scene where they're in the bar and the band singing um, Smiths in the background. I, you know, I, I guess at the end, what's the main thing we're supposed to take away? What What's the, you know, if we were teaching this in our English classes, right. what would we talk about as the central theme? Yeah, um, You're the English teacher. Well, Come on. I, <laughs> yeah yeah well you know you're not that far out of the game like so um that's a good question and before i heard alan from minnesota's feedback i would have just said well it's a it's a you know kind of meet cute love story it's a nice story about two people who find each other but it's you know but he's right the the people who meet in the real world I mean, yeah, they, they find each other. They find each other because they're brought together by an app, right? Um, the the romantic part, the, the the struggle of the relationship part is completely takes place with simulated consciousness. And again, how how is that 
you know, I, I remember, I think what Alan had written something on Facebook about, you know, how is that different from actual consciousness? And, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't answer that question, but it certainly casts a darker pall over the end of it when we think that these, the consciousness, the ones that have gone through, the ones who've struggled and suffered and that, that, you know, that we see Frank, you know, crying and he's just miserable and he feels awful because he's screwed up and everything and he's just completely shattered. Well, all that that they went through was just to get these two people to meet, right? So it's like completely discounted that and then they are just erased, right? They just go up into the circle in the sky at the end and everything. Whereas the, the people in real life are the ones who are going to actually go through it. So... You know, I, I, I don't know, though. You know, I, I don't know what, in the end, basically, it, it's all about. I, I, I tend to kind of want to see it as the nice love story. And that even though the, the, the consciousnesses and the, the, you know, their erasure at the end, I don't know, to, if I say, like, to, to not think about that so much, maybe, you know, like, or, I mean, obviously, the Charlie Booker and the, and the creative team that made this, I don't think they put much because they don't talk about it at all right they don't address it really ever in in the you know at no point do the characters say hey what happens if, if you know like because amy figures out amy figures out that they are simulated consciousness she figures out that they've been through this uh, a thousand times well close to a thousand times already right but you know neither of them stops to say hey what is that what's the implications for us then you know like like they don't even address it uh, in the show, and I think it's totally, obviously meant to be just a kind of lighthearted, kind of funny uh, love story, and a, a, you know, a, an idea of of like, you know, Black Mirror is always going to be dealing with technology, and, and you know the implications of technology in our world. In, in this case, whereas normally Black Mirror's implications of technology are, are really, really dark. Um, in this case, I think the intention is for them not to be dark, for it to, to be a lighthearted, uh, happy kind of vibe at the end. You know, we talk about agency, it seems like quite a bit during the course of the podcast, and, and certainly agency or lack of agency comes up in, in different ways. And, and as we kind of alluded throughout this discussion, how much agency do people in 2024 have in their search for a life partner compared to prior generations? And somebody might say, well, nobody's forcing. I don't even know what some of the, I, I hear the ads for all the, the different dating apps that are out there. But of course, yeah. Tinder, I, I think it's, but I like, I don't yeah. Even, so, I mean, <laughs> what percentage of people actually use those? I have no idea. I think a lot, dude. I think a lot. Okay. So, you know, and, and, and again, uh, I, I would ask, you know, obviously your son is 22? He's, 23. Uh, yeah, 22. Okay. 23. 23. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's still not that far removed from college. And, and, and you know, when you're in college, why would you need a dating app when you're in he, college? He, he did. Oh, though. really? He, he was... He was dating a girl over the summer that he he found through. A, a, oh, okay. A so so yeah. now is 
you know, do we look at that and say, well, you know, he's lost a certain amount of his agency in that. And I'm not sure I'm ready to go down that path to make that kind of a statement because, you know, like, again, he had to probably fill out a form. You know, I like this music. I like these movies. I like hiking. I like whatever. And, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you match up with somebody that has similar interests and, you know, whatever. So, uh, right. Well, even that, you know, I mean, you know, like even that only goes so far. Sure. You could have like the same interests as someone else and then you meet and like you just don't get along at all. And then you could meet someone else who is not necessarily like you that much, but that you're just crazy about. So, you know, there, there's that element. So there's always going to be an element. Like I said, even here, Frank and Amy in, in the real world, I mean, the, the app is supposed to be 99%. So we figure that they're, you know, similar to their, their simulate consciousness. So they they probably, they'll get along really well and be great together. But uh, they still have the option of deciding to hate each other or don't want to go on with it or something like that. Or they fancy someone else. All right. What else? I feel like maybe we should put a warning at, at the beginning because we did talk about sex a little bit. Like I know like other podcasts like say, oh, in this episode, we're going to – I like how in American, this American life, you know, like they, they say something like, you know, we're going to discuss that sex exists or something like that. It's like, what does that – What's that mean? Like, I don't know. But her relationship with Lenny, like the the ah after he he drinks, which is annoying. Like that is is super annoying. And then the one time when she finally says, Listen, that she tells him it's annoying, and he says, Okay, I'll try to stop. And then he jams his pinky into his ear. <laughs> And then wipes the wax on the sheets. It was just, that was just, and she's just looking at him like, oh my God. Like, that was great. But that's only the second funniest thing that happened in this relationship. All right. The funniest is we see that he is performing oral sex on her. And when he's done, he goes, ah. <laughs> just like, oh my God. I forgot about that. The, you know, when I just watched it, rewatched it again the first time. I was oh my god! I think I almost peed myself. I was laughing so hard, like that was oh my god, uh, that was that was too funny. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else. I think we've kind of said you know I like when um you know her relationship with Lenny is is over and they're kind of staying there and you know when it times out, she's just like okay, bye, <laughs> yeah. You know? And then um, when <laughs> when Frank and Nicola part, he's because I just like to say she just goes don't. <laughs> uh, you know the fact that uh, she wants to have sex in a different position because she doesn't want to smell his, the food on his breath. <laughs> what, what, is, what else does Nicola say um, when? she's she's like telling them like can you like move around a little bit you know she's like uh you're like you're just going in and out like you're trying to close a file cabinet or something like that and then he's like uh, like this and she goes no not really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh man i mean that was just those the the amount uh, that that 
bit, that middle part there with he's going through the – I mean, even though they're they're miserable in their relationships, uh, those were definitely the funniest parts there. Oh, and then the, the, the scene where he's with – I don't even know if we get the name of the, of the woman, but he's just talking about Amy, and, and she's like uh, – oh, she said, do you reckon you can pop this in me now? <laughs> And, and and then while they're having sex, he's like, "Do you mind if I think about her?" And she's like, "No, do you mind if I think about him?" And even though that seems like kind of like a messed up scene, I actually found it kind of sweet, you sure. know, because it's it's like two people that they're, they don't hate each other, you know, and everything. They just realize that they're pining for someone else, and they're open and free about it. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of actually. You know, maybe ironically, kind of a sweet scene. Okay, I think that's uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I got. Okay. All right, well, let's get to listener feedback. We'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with audio feedback 315 about the Black Mirror episode Hang the DJ, Season 4, Episode 4. Okay, I had some trouble with the title again. Apart from noticing that the song Hang the DJ is played in the very last scene in the pub where they meet each other, I don't see any relation with the rest of the content of the episode. Last week I also had troubles with the title, but that is because I read it wrong. I thought it was Nose Drive, and you picked it up uh, very well, uh, Dave. I even googled it, but couldn't find what a nose drive would be. But thinking back now, I think I am very happy that I misread it, because I didn't see the ending coming. Knowing the title Nosedive, you would know from the beginning that it would end not well. Whereas I was watching and had the idea, well, perhaps at the end, after giving her speech at the wedding of her friend, she would gain a higher score. It was a possibility in my mind, because I misread the title. So, in that way, I had more possibilities of a possible ending in my head. So, misreading sometimes has its advantages. I had to watch the ending four times to possibly understand what was happening here. So, as I understood it, it was just the ending that was reality. So, you meet in a pub and you ask a kind of app on your phone what the possible match would be. And that app runs a thousand simulations in no time. And then you get your score. And the whole episode that we saw were just these simulations, or at least one of them. What I found annoying or silly is that when Frank and Amy decided not to look at how much time they had, that they constantly, or at least he, was looking on the device and also has it all the time in his pocket. Well, at a certain point, Amy says to the device, Coach, count to four, and she throws it in the swimming pool. So in Frank's case, why don't you put that thing in a drawer or something like that? Why keep it with you all the time? But okay, otherwise we would have had a narrative problem here. That will be all for this time. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. This is Alan from Minnesota with audio feedback for the Black Mirror episode, Hang the DJ. Definitely a twist I didn't see coming. Very clever, Mr. Brooker. 
It's interesting that Wikipedia says, quote, the episode is similar to Series 3 episode San Junipero and its positivity in contrast to other installments, end quote. I personally didn't really take it that way. I guess it's nice that the real, in scare quotes, Amy and Frank are matched up together at the end, but I still felt a horror vibe in the fact that their simulated versions have their own consciousness and agency, or at least I interpret it that way, Alan from England may not, and they, like so many others before them, are going to have those consciousnesses snuffed out as the system moves on to more simulations. In that respect, it's not so different from the horrifying predicament of the characters in White Christmas or USS Callister, except that they don't remember their lives outside the app. Vulture's Catherine Van Arendonk made some interesting points in her review to undermine the idea that there's so much positivity in this episode. Quote, The characters who actually make a choice get destroyed, whereas in real life, Amy and Frank look down at their phones and trusted an algorithm. We have to root for them to blindly do whatever their phones tell them to do, end quote. The AV Club's Zach Handlin called it a feel-good pick-me-up about finding love in the information age, but he did ultimately note some of the reasons I see it as more horrifying. Quote, How aware were the Amy and Frank simulations? What did they feel about finding out they were designed to solve a problem? The rights of digital duplicates take the forefront in a few other fourth season episodes, but Hang the DJ doesn't seem particularly concerned about any of that, end quote. I should note that I don't actually ding the episode for this. I find it strange that Brooker himself sees it as having so much positivity, but that was no issue while actually watching. I thought it had a dark ending, just like most Black Mirror episodes do, and I was totally fine with that. Great music in this one. There is, of course, the Smith's Panic, which I always forget is not actually called Hang the DJ. And then the Icelandic post-rock band Sigur Rós, one of my favorites, contributed two excellent pieces of music to the soundtrack. Hello to Dave Wayne and everyone at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Alan from England here, mostly with feedback about Black Mirror episode Hang the DJ. Not watching too much else, but I am looking forward to seeing Dune Part 2 in a few weeks. Black Mirror, Hang the DJ. When I saw the title, I completely didn't remember which episode this was. And even by the end, I'm not entirely sure to what it refers, just that that song was playing at the end of the episode, and hence was really playing all the way through the instant that the events of the whole episode actually must have transpired in. What a joy, though, it was to re-watch this one with so much humour, especially compared to certain other darker episodes. Sadly, no uh, brush suede coffee in this episode, so if there is a theme for episode selection, that's not it. The idea of AI-calculated perfect compatibility was also explored in that show called um, The One, but I'm not sure if that became before or after this was aired. We do have Google, Facebook, Amazon and others already tracking our reactions and choices, so again, it isn't maybe too much of a jump to get this technology-assisted matchmaker. Amy and Frank, or Framey, as I call them, have instant chemistry, so maybe the algorithm is doing something right. The relationship expiry date countdown is a great gimmick, 
adding poignancy or humour to each situation, depending on how it's going. It also reminds me of that movie uh, In Time. But there the countdown was uh, life expectancy rather than relationship expectancy. The idea of a retreat for finding your perfect match also reminds me of another movie called The Lobster. Now that was a weird movie. When Frank and Amy part after their 12 allotted hours, it is interesting to see how Amy initially is quite superficially attracted to the next guy, Lenny, but the instant he makes that sigh after drinking, you know something's not good. And it just builds and builds after that. Frank and Nicola are also rocky right from the start. And that Nicola has the most withering of remarks and put-downs. It's funny how the two couples are contrasted. It's a relief for most of them when their respective counters end. Eventually, Framey are back together. But as soon as they agree not to check Pandora's countdown, you know someone's going to be looking in that box. This reminds us of another concept. Would we really want to know the date that we split or died? Or is it really better not to do so? On the first watch, when Frank and Amy are talking about being in a simulation, we just take it as the kind of conspiracy theory that many people espouse, little knowing that that's exactly what is happening. Frank weakens, but his observation affects the expiry date result. When they decide to make a run for it, climbing up that wall, then it reminds me of the Truman Show as he's trying to leave the only world he knows. They meet in real life and are deemed compatible, and I think this is probably about one of the happiest endings in the whole of the Black Mirror series. Of course, next week's episode isn't quite so happy. Oh well, that'll do for me. Take care, Alan from England. Right, now, I mentioned, you know, Fred bringing up the title. I, I think your explanation is, is spot on, but I, I really think Fred's on to something, you know, about the fact that the title doesn't seem to tie into what's going on at all, which makes it a lot less spoilery than, you know, had the title kind of indicated right. what the episode might actually be about, you know, nosedive. Well, yeah, like that's a good point yeah. with like nosedive, yeah. right? Which, though, I, I would argue that at, at the end of nosedive, she is actually found where she wants sure, to be. Sure, exactly. Like, I, I mean, so she went into a nosedive, but, but she pulled out at, you know, before hitting the ground. Maybe. Yeah. Or she, the ground is where she is supposed right, to be. Right, right, right. So now, uh, and again, I, I'm just going to move on. So if you've got something else about Fred, just, you know. Well, just one more thing about Fred, because Fred brings up a good thing like that made me wonder, like, because he said that they see each other in the pub and then they activate the app then. And I just, I always kind of assumed that the app brought them to the pub and, you know, introduced them to each other there. But, you know, I, and I thought about it, like, well, maybe Fred's right. Like, and I, I guess maybe I'd have to go back and watch the end to see if there's, a clarification one way or the other, whether, you know, because if, if they go into a pub, they see someone you fancy, you're like, Hey, run it, run the, uh, run the numbers on this guy. Yeah. Well, that, that gives them a, some more agency, sure. right. Rather than go to this par this pub. Uh, and here's the guy that you're supposed to meet. Right. Then you're just following. Right. Nah, so, yeah, right. I'm not sure about that, but that made me wonder. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. 
Now, uh, Allen in Minnesota didn't necessarily see the theme as positive. Um, you know, right. it's funny because, I, you know, when I was listening to his feedback, uh, you know, and even put in my notes that that I agree, I didn't see it as positive either. In fact, kind of depressing when you think about it. But but again, then once once you rewatch it, and, and again, as we've said many times, once you and I talk about something, our, our ideas about what we've watched often shift, sometimes pretty damn mm-hmm. noticeably. And, and I think that's yeah, kind yeah. of the case for me here, that I, I, I don't necessarily see it as depressing. I, I see it as, you know, as you just say, and I, I think Fred is on to something that they do have agency that they're just using technology, you know, to, you know, maybe take that next step. And, and at the end of the day, you either like the girl or, or you, or you don't. And if you do mm-hmm. stay with her, it, it, find out whether she's the one or you don't. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, Alan's, feedback really made me think um, because, you know, again, like this is thousands of consciousnesses, right? That, I mean, like Amy, her, the sim realizes she's in a simulation, right? So that's pretty out of the box thinking for a program, right? So does she actually have consciousness that is, similar or this, this not similar the same as you know human consciousness and agency that that we have like that's that's an interesting question that i didn't i never would have thought about uh really before so um you know like i said before i think the intention of this episode they're they don't intend to to bring up that you know they don't even touch that issue at all so we're just supposed to accept that you know all the consciousnesses they did their job there you know and so they and then we do see like an ascension there right where they all go up into amy's phone amy real life's phone into the little circle around it or whatever but yeah i have to admit it does put a different spin on it uh for me to to, when i think about it that way now alan in england brings up dune and I really liked part one. I guess I missed that part two is that close on the horizon. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. My wife really likes Timothy Chalamet, but can't get her to check out Dune. And that's one that I'm not going to necessarily push on her. I'm not sure how much she would enjoy Dune. You never know, but I'm certainly. That's it's a pretty good story. It is. It is but yeah. uh, I mean, it's no money heist, but. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, now, but uh, you know, I, I I assume it's going to be on Max, right? Because I just got rid of Max, so I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to yeah. do. Maybe wait. It came out on Netflix eventually. The first part did, so I'll probably wait for it to come around. Yeah. Now he mentions a, a series called The One, which we definitely watched and enjoyed, and and it has you know similar thematic ideas. Now, that came out in 2021, so definitely after this episode. However, the series was based on a novel, which was published in 2016. So, you know, did uh, Dark Mirror get, you know, the idea from that novel? I mean, maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Um, 
And then, of course, he brings up that question we talked about a few minutes ago. Is it better to not know? And I think, as we said, yes, it's better to not know. Well, and I, I also, like, I, I didn't really, I, I haven't thought about it, but that's good. Like, that Truman Show vibe you get at the end, like, not that you would know. I know. Dave, having not seen the Truman Show, but but certainly climbing up the wall, that, that definitely, uh, for sure, uh, is uh, reminiscent of the Truman Show. Which, Dave, you should really go see, like, right away. All right, anything else about uh, any of the feedback? Um, I think I think we're, I'm good. Okay. As a grade, I'm going A- minus on this one. I mean, I really liked it, and I maybe like it better having talked to you about it. But I don't think it was as good as Nosedive or USS Callister. Um, I don't know. Are you are you going are you okay. going full on A? I I think I'm going to go with an A, uh, just regular A on it. Um, you know, I just always have have liked this episode a lot. Um, well, I did too. I guess yeah. You, know, you know, so I don't know. You know, by the time I you're you can go stay with your yeah, great man. It's, I know it's, it's good. You don't have to, don't have to agree all the time. But I you know I get why why you would because when you say that like that like is this good as nosedive. Or USS Callister? Uh, no, probably not. But I just found it really enjoyable, and you know, especially I guess a lot of times when you're watching, especially if you're binging uh, Black Mirror, like I, I did when they come out, you know, you can get pretty depressed <laughs> at the end of some of them, and then to have this one that has a big, you know kind of happy ending, though I guess you know obviously Alan from Minnesota would disagree with that, but. Um, you know, it's nice to have a little bit of of light and 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 humor in it in, in the midst of some of the more darker ones. You said happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't had any sophomore humor a in a while. There's a number of them in this in this particular episode. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's leave it there before we uh, say something even worse. But. Uh, Anyway, that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Black Mirror. What's going on in your genre TV world? Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. And and you mentioned Alan's uh, post about AI and and you know what makes a person that sort of thing. And I typed out this response and then I wasn't happy with it, so I deleted and didn't post it. But just. Anyway, that's that's another topic for another day. Um, if you haven't checked out the Facebook group, do that. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com. Yeah, this is a good time to check it out. There's a lot of really interesting conversations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the Black Mirror episode, Hated in the Nation. But until then. Well, a shame it has to end, but end it must.